When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. So, Dr. Oslo, welcome to the Back Pain Solutions podcast. Thank you, Connie, for joining me this afternoon. And um, I'm excited to, to talk about all things active chairs and, uh, and your background. So, tell us, tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your background and, um, and where you're up to now and why, and why active chairs. Yeah, no, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's surprising, really, and, and no one is no one was more surprised than me, except perhaps my wife or maybe my son. You know, I was like your standard mild-mannered trauma surgeon, you know, sewing up gunshot wounds and car wrecks in the middle of the night for 25 years, uh, you know, at the University of New Mexico and then now at the University of Vermont. And, um, but it's, it's, you know, staying up all night, I could, it was okay, but the next day was getting harder and harder for me as I was getting older. So, and there are younger people who want to be in the game of trauma surgery. So I got a grant from the NIH for um, a few million dollars and a master's degree in biostats. And I started studying um, modeling outcomes for trauma centers, trying to figure out which trauma centers were doing a better job and which trauma centers were not doing, not having results that were as good with an eye toward, you know, bringing the laggards up to standard and trying to f learn from the best. So I found myself doing epidemiology and statistical modeling and, and sitting most of the day, you know, six, eight, 10 hours okay. a day, like, everybody else. So I, I traded in the peripatetic life of a trauma surgeon, you know, ER, OR, clinic, ICU, back to the ER, up to the OR kind of stuff for just like sitting all day. And, all, and my back started to bother me. And I thought, well, you know, what's up with that? You know, I've been fine for, you know, all my whole life. And now this, it didn't seem right, you know. So yeah, I, so I, I bought basically every chair that was supposed to help and uh, not all of them were terrible. They, some of them, they made things worse. Huh? The Balin's kneeling chair, though, yoga ball. I went through, I went through the, the whole litany because, you know, I was just ruthlessly trying out. I thought, surely someone had worked this out. But it turns out they hadn't. And so as a surgeon, you kind of get used to the idea that if you're in the OR, you have to solve the problem because ain't nobody going to rescue you. Okay. And, and sure. it's a... Uh, you know, it's 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 an act of hubris, really. You know, you walk in the OR with water dripping off your elbows, and you say, "I don't know what's wrong, but I'm sure I can fix it." You know, and you have to be a crazy person to say that. Um, but if you can't say it, you, you you can't do the job. So it's so anyway. That's the space I lived in for a long time. I thought, okay, well, fine, I'll just work this out. And I took a deep dive into you know back pain and and just exactly how it happens. And 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 it's really sort of a surprising story. You know, it turns out. In other countries where people still sit um, in traditional ways, they they squat or they sit seiza or they they kneel or they sit cross-legged. Back pain is pretty much unknown. It's just in the Western world where we've got ergonomic chairs helping us out that 80% of Americans and most of the Western world seek the health of some healthcare professional sometime in their life for back pain which is just crazy when you think about it. I mean, the human spine is a perfectly evolved thing. I mean, billions of years worth of prototyping, if you count all the vertebrates, and, and then 
3 million years in daily use as hunter-gatherers. Chairs that we sit a lot and the chairs that we sit on are terrible for us. They're bad for our posture. They're bad for our core strength. And it turns out they're very bad for our biochemistry. Now, we have been hunter-gatherers for the last 3 million years and, you know, walking 10 or even 15 miles a day. So our biochemistry, our milieu interior, the mix of hormones and enzymes and you know, lipids and all that stuff in our bloodstream relies on the fact that we get a lot of exercise. Um, this isn't true for our uh, closest neighbors, you know, the bonobos and the chimps and the orangutans and the gorillas. Uh, they're all fine sitting around all day at the zoo. You know, they keep a low body mass. Their blood chemistry is good because they're gatherers. You know, they, they're just accustomed to sitting around all day cracking nuts and their, their system expects that. Humans uniquely are hunter-gatherers and their, their machinery is expecting miles of walking a day. And when it doesn't happen that way, when we slump in front of our computer all day and just walk from the house to the car, the car to the office, the office to the car, and the car to your PC at home, are, we're really abusing our biochemistry. And so our bad cholesterol goes up, our good cholesterol goes down, our insulin goes up, and our all-cause mortality goes up. Epidemiologists calculate with some precision that we lose on average two life years yeah. from just sitting in front of our computers. And going to the gym doesn't fix it. That's on like a completely different account. It's just the, the act of sitting static all day long is terrible for people. So, you know, I, I thought, well, how hard can this be to fix? Um, and, and here's where my, my training in epidemiology was was kind of leapt in. I, I trained with um, uh, Dr. Sue Baker, Susan Baker at the Bloomberg School of Public Health at Johns Hopkins here in the United States. And Sue taught all of her students, you know, you can't harangue or, or shame or, or blame people into better behavior. You have to redesign their environment so that they can't behave badly. Um, you know, because otherwise it's a, you, you, you're just going to be yelling into the void for your whole life. So, so airbags are a great example. You know, you put an airbag in every car and now you don't have to yell at people. They're going to, their face is going to land in an airbag if they drive drunk or, or have bad luck or whatever. So, uh, and less obviously things like divided highways. You know, if you just put a, a divider, a metal or some kind of barrier down the middle of your highway, people can't hit each other head on at mm -hmm. 70 miles an hour anymore. They can only hit people from behind, and those accidents are way less fatal. I, I know this stuff. I did it sure. for a living for a long time. So by, by redesigning the environment, you can make it safe for people. So the idea for us was, okay, how do we redesign a chair so that it's safe for people to sit on, so that it's perhaps even healthful? And, and it turns out that, you know, the problem is sitting still, so you need a chair that encourages people to move. It's, it's just, you know... It seems obvious in retrospect, but it took quite a while to tumble to it. And then our project just became a design project. How do you make a chair that keeps people in motion the whole time they're sitting? And it turns out that um, we're not the first people to actually have this idea. If you dive in, you can find active chairs on the web. But you know, our take was a little different. As an epidemiologist, I want to make these things so inexpensive that okay. everybody could have one. Because as an epidemiologist, you know, if you're selling a chair for a thousand bucks or more, you know, you're not solving the problem for most people because you know, most people don't have a thousand dollars to spend on a sure. chair for crying out loud. So sure. um, it became a design problem. And I, 
again, it's just hubris. I got no business designing anything. I, I wasted the last you know 25 years in the operating room. I didn't get out much. But I was lucky to fall into a, a group of very talented designers here in a makerspace in Burlington, Vermont, who could see that I had a good idea. And they could also tell that I was hopeless. And so they took me and said, well, doctor, let us help you. And um, really, within a year, we had pretty good prototypes that we were you know, firing out over the web, selling over the web to people to get feedback to see you know, how this was working out. And you know, now, a few years on, um, we've sold over 5,000 shares. And uh, we tell people, if you don't like it, send it back. We'll pay the postage both ways. 4% of our chairs come back. People yeah. love them. And the idea is drop dead simple. You just make a chair that uh, wobbles when you sit on it. And you'd think, oh, well, you just need a hemisphere that well, to, to get it to wobble smoothly and not have a bump in the middle. And it wasn't so easy. But, um, you know, after uh, more prototypes than I care to think about, you know, we hit upon, a, you know, this shape. You know, it's it's um, it's the volume of intersection of two cylinders at right angles with non-coincident axes and possibly different radii. I mentioned one of my interests is math. Um, but but anyway, so if you take this this shape and put it on a surface, yeah. it rocks. And if you take another yeah. surface and put it on it, it rocks. And because they're 90 degrees opposed, you get rocking in all directions. So if you just slip this thing under the seat pan of a chair, now you, you're able to rock in all directions. And it's it's very subtle motion. I mean, you have to constantly be rebalancing because there's really no... Um, there's really no effort involved until you get toward the extremes of rocking. And then there's some uh, gradual onset by Hooke's law of kind of keeping it from tipping too far. But the idea is that in order to stay sitting, you have to stay in a balanced posture. So this does a couple of things. First of all, your spinal reflexes know what to do with gravity. They were programmed as you were a baby going from creeping to crawling to toddling to walking. So if you just free your spinal reflexes in gravity, your spine will automatically orient itself in an optimal posture. I've done this experiment maybe hundreds of times by taking our chairs out on the walking street in Burlington, Vermont, and just putting some chairs out on a sunny day and watching. You know, and it's always the same. People come by and they, they give the seat a wiggle and then they sit down on it for a moment. You know, they lose their balance and then they find their balance. And then within a minute or a minute and a half or two minutes, you know, their sternum comes up, their head comes back, it balances on the atlas and axis, uh, the first two cervical vertebra, their shoulders come down, and really they're sitting with basically perfect posture within a couple of minutes, just by responding to gravity and having to organize their posture really millisecond to millisecond because the, the chair requires that they keep rebalancing. So they get to try many different postures in a very short period of time, and they don't move to the next postural choice unless it feels better. And so they very quickly find their way to basically perfect posture. And 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 these experiments were, were really an eye-opener for me because one day we had like a bunch of chairs out and some like 13 or 14-year-old girl just sat down at the periphery on one of our chairs. And she was just sitting in the sun, you know, kind of blissing out, you know, kind of rocking and playing with our chair, you know, forward and back and around and making circles and so on. Two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know. And then she just got up and walked away. But she didn't get about but about 10 paces when she turned around. And she said, you know, I think it makes me walk better. You know, because she had recalibrated and readjusted the way she was using her spine so that it was, you know, she was kind of optimally 
using her spine. And, and this, this doesn't just apply to walking, it applies to, it doesn't just apply to sitting, it applies to walking and everything you do. So, so with kind of wordlessly without an owner's manual or, or a trainer or, or a video, you know, this chair kind of lets people find their best posture. And so, you know, it's, it, it's very interesting to see, you know, what it does to people. But the real question for me as a physician was, but yeah, but does it do anybody any good? And, and here's where, you know, you know, selling chairs over the web is extremely helpful because when people buy a chair, we have their email and I send them an email and say, you know, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And I got these heartfelt emails that went on for pages about how it transformed their lives. And, you know, they, they were going to have to quit their job. Their back pain was so bad and now it's fine. And, and as a researcher and especially, a, you know, I've, I've published over 300 peer-reviewed papers and, and book chapters over my life. I review for a bunch of journals. I have a master's in biostatistics. So, so I, I know about research. And it makes me extremely uncomfortable when you start getting anecdotal reports that you want to believe because, you know, as, as, as Feynman got a Nobel Prize for quantum mechanics back in the 70s or 80s. Anyway, he famously observed, first, you must not fool yourself. And unfortunately, you are the easiest person to fool. You know, so so I've been I've been hyper alert that you know, you know I don't want to I don't want to drink my own Kool Aid. But you know we've gotten so many emails from people that I'm I'm actually starting to believe that um, you know this this could be a very general solution for people with back pain. Um, and are there other studies out there for for you? You, you mentioned there are other um, manufacturers. There are other active chairs. Other uh, is there any good quality research at this point supporting the use of of active chairs Dr. Ros, that you're aware of is that something you're looking at or no there there's no good research you know people have done stuff like put accelerometers on people in active chairs to see how much they move they put rebreathing masks on people to measure how much carbon dioxide they're producing to see you know to document that they go their resting metabolism goes up by 20 or 30 percent when they're sitting on an active chair because they're using their core muscles rather than just going dark so we know that people use these chairs we know, we know that they have a metabolic impact the business of studying back pain turns out to be a um a fraught thing because you need lots of subjects questionnaires and blinding people to whether their chair is active or not is um, impossible um so what you need is a crossover mm -hmm. design and you know before you know it you need a grad student and you need you know several hundred thousand dollars worth of funding and you need several years and um you know i've i've put in a uh, you know, a couple of proposals to the NIH, you know, hoping that, you know, they would fund such a study. But, you know, it's, 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 this is just so outside the realm of, of, uh, you know, what, what's understood, um, that it's, it's been hard to find funding. And, and I've, I've got a couple other gigs. I'm a, um, emeritus professor at the University of Vermont, where I uh, lead a research group doing COVID research. And, I've got this startup company where we're, you know, making these uh, active chairs to get out in the world just to, you know, basically, um, well, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a research design where you just, you know, you don't have a control group, but you do have the before and after stuff. And we do have feedback from, uh, from people who say, you know, it's, it's transformative. So, um, you know, I, it's, and, and finally, I shouldn't be doing the research, you know, somebody else should be doing this research because I obviously have a dog sure. in this fight. 
um, I, I designed this thing for crying out loud. So, you know, I've been corresponding with colleagues around and, and uh, in COVID times, very hard to get a new study started where you need subjects and in-person kind of stuff. So long story short, there really isn't any good research about active sitting for back pain. Um, but metabolically, we, we have some, some pretty clear insights into it. And anthropologically, we know, as I uh, said before, you know, in cultures where people don't have our crummy ergonomic back chairs, um, people pretty much don't have back pain. So, you know, there's very strong circumstantial evidence that um, getting people to sit actively can be uh, an immense help. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we, we see a lot of patients that... Um... You know, we'll always ask about, well, what's what's the best posture? You know, I, I don't know why I've got back pain. I'm sat with a good ergonomic chair. I've got my laptop set up. My workstation is pretty good. I've been seen by occupational health. You know, why am I suffering from back pain? And, you know, I'll... apparently those, those are not the problem. Yeah. Sure. And the and if, if ergonomic chairs with lumbar support are the solution and have been the solution for the last 50 years. Yeah, why the problem? How come, how come 80% of people still have back pain? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and, and, you know, and so, you know, I, I, I'm a researcher. That's what I do. Um, and so I went to, you know, academic ergonomic conferences to hear what these people were telling each other. And frankly, I was appalled. You know, the, these, the, the state of research for ergonomics, these people are showing pie charts to each other. I mean, they don't have any experimental design, they don't have experimental models there. I mean, it's, it's breathtaking how benighted what passes for ergonomic research is. Um, mostly it's, you know, people certifying each other to be experts, but there's no real data there. And I, I, I was I was amazed because, you know, in the world of medicine, you know, we were pretty careful not to put out a new drug or vaccine until we've seen what it does. But in the world of ergonomics, standing desk, great. It's not sitting, must be good, right? Well, <laughs> how does that happen? Oh, there are studies of standing. Well, that's not quite true. It's there's a great study, uh, Smith et al., American Journal of Epidemiology, 2018, followed 7,500 patients in Canada for 10 years. Big, big, expensive epidemiologic study. Half of the people sitting and half the people standing. And those standing had twice the rate of heart attacks. I'll repeat that. Those at the standing desks had twice the rate of heart attacks. It was a shocker, right? Because, mm. you know, we've for long believed that sitting like caused heart attacks. Okay. You know, we've known that since studies in the UK on bus drivers who yeah. were the driver sitting and the driver and the, and the ticket taker running mm -hmm. up and down the stairs, vastly different rates of heart. We know that's from the early 1950s. So it was sort of a surprise to see people standing or having more heart attacks. It's not exactly understood why, except that when people are at a standing desk, they're not like doing Tai Chi, right? They're you know, they're just, block just, a hip, yeah. lean on the desk, and they don't move. And so there's a column of blood going from the right atrium down to their ankles. It's just like pretty much sitting there because without, you know, muscular contraction to pump blood through the deep veins of the leg, the, the blood pretty much just pools and, and just dilates the veins, you know, minute by minute, hour by hour. And finally, 
you may know that the the deep veins in the in the legs have um, very diaphanous valves that uh, come mm -hmm. across them that help the muscles pump blood back to the heart. Really, half the pumping action is done by the external muscles. But as the as the veins dilate, finally the they get so big in diameter that the that these the leaflets are no longer competent. So there's a column of blood just dilating the veins in the leg. And as a result, people get used to get varicose veins uh, from their standing occupations. And as a general surgeon, I stripped out miles of varicose veins in the OR. It's, a, it's an ugly operation, I got to say, but it's, yeah. it's better than the pain and inflammation of, of varicose veins. So, you know, there's that, there's that whole history of, you know, standing wasn't so great on industrial assembly lines when people developed um, uh, varicose veins. So the idea that, oh, we'll just have standing desks and be fine. This is not true. They, they, there are a host of problems that come with standing desks. So, and and it is a long digression just to say that you know leaping on standing desks because standing is the opposite of sitting. So sitting's bad. Standing must be standing desk must be good. That that's not research. You know that's just dumb. You know the opposite of of sitting is moving. And yes. what posture you're in when you're moving, you know, I'm not sure that matters so much. But but if you can sit and be moving, you know, that's that's the opposite of sitting and not moving because it's moving. That's what's at, at, at the core of what's going on here. So anyway, just just to say um, a lot of money is being spent on standing desks and based on no research. It's breathtaking. Yeah, well, we we speak to a lot of patients about um, about this, this, this subject, you know, about this, the, the workstations. And we talk a lot about, look, you know, genetically very little changes in many many years lifestyle changed significantly you know the best posture is a variable posture you know if you're going to be static we're designed to move and so walking we find you know for patients is very therapeutic because it causes right. contraction so, of so muscles and i'm presumably that's exactly what you're finding with the active chair that it's causing the activation of the muscles that are ultimately supporting and stabilizing the spine because they're fundamentally important in in doing that and preventing back pain and back issues. Right. And really, I think walking is the key. You know, I, I, I love that you mentioned walking. Um, Hippocrates, you know, famously said, walking is man's best medicine. And and it turns out walking is a, is a very interesting thing because it pretty much defines the human species. You know, it's the thing that it's, it's, it's something we uniquely do, right? We're the bipedal uh, organism. And what's so great about it is... Um, it's not what it seems to be. You can find video on YouTube of a guy walking quite comfortably who has no legs. You know, he's born congenitally with no femurs, but it doesn't matter because, you know, he walks quite happily on his ischial tuberosities. You know, his steps are quite short. He takes steps of a couple of three inches, but he's just mm -hmm. walking along quite comfortably. One ischial tuberosity, the next, the next, the next, is striding along. And you can see, you know, his posture is good his, and his, he's quite comfortable walking. It turns out that your legs, which people strongly associate with walking, are just amplifiers that let you take longer steps. The real business of walking happens with the spine and the hips. And so our chairs allow people to walk with their spine and their hips, and their feet don't have to move. So in effect, they're walking, but they don't have to decide where to go. This idea has kind of been uh, 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 kind of crudely adapted with the idea of, of um, treadmill desks, you know, where you can like trudge yeah. along at your desk, literally walking at your desk. 
the problem is that you know your office mates will murder you for the noise and confusion you're creating and mousing becomes very inaccurate at about a mile and a half an hour worth of traveling typing is very difficult and treadmill desks haven't caught on for a variety of reasons they're expensive they're noisy and they they actually decrease productivity mm. if what you want is walking well all you need is an unstable seat pan in the chair and you get all of the spine and hip stuff that goes with walking without any of the noise and confusion that comes along with a treadmill desk and, and a lot cheaper sure yeah yeah absolutely and so are you finding then that active chairs are a, are we talking about active chairs as a preventative um method for back pain or are we talking about them uh, as a as a solution to sufferers because if you've got that kind of disc herniation or if you've got that that underlying damage there as a result of poor posture poor habits maybe trauma or although you know we generally see that back pain is a result of cumulative um trauma as opposed to a, a significant accident have you found um results that that demonstrate uh, that back pain and, and significant maybe sciatic dis- discomfort resolves as a result of these active chairs? Or are we, are we more focused on these as a preventative measure, do you think? Yeah, so I, I, um, I think that uh, as a preventative measure, they're a terrific idea, full stop. And so, you know, we've set out to um, get active chairs into schools, uh, and we've created a design that we give away so schools can make their own chairs for five or ten dollars a pop out of plywood and a lacrosse ball you know we're, we we really believe that, that making active sitting the normal way to sit is the solution to back pain writ large across the entire western world um, that said it's very hard to talk adults into sitting on some new kind of chair that moves i got as far as pitching to a vice president of steelcase one of the biggest office furniture makers in the united states and she said, well, you know, maybe for kids, but grown-ups won't sit on such a thing. And Interesting. I thought, and I, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought well, you know, okay, fine. So, we're, so we'll have to talk to kids because they're not so hidebound. But so that's, that's one way to think about it. But it's also the case that we fired out a lot of chairs. We've had, I, well, you know this, but, you know, people in back pain can be really, really uncomfortable. And I have had people mm. sobbing into the phone, you know, begging me to, you know, get a chair to FedEx by midnight, uh, you know, to so that, you know, I mean, uh, really desperate. And uh, we have too numerous to count people saying, you know, this solved my acute back pain problem. This saved my career. I can, I can still, I can go back to being the head of IT at Burton Snowboards, whereas I was going to have to quit, kind of thing. So. Although I think of it as a prophylactic measure because of people's posture is good and their core strength is good and they're basically walking the whole time they're at their desk, I think back pain probably won't even arise as an issue. For those who already have back pain, it's a different kettle of fish because it kind of depends on why you have back pain. You know, if you have a gunshot wound to the spine, no chair is gonna help you. You need a talented surgeon that, or as we say in the business, bright lights and cold steel. Um, you know, but it turns out that mo- most back pain, if you get a CT scan or an MRI or or, or get plain films, you'll find abnormalities. You know, there, absolutely. There's this. Yep. There's this bit of, you know, uh, you'll find abnormalities. 
But curiously, if you look at the films, abnormal, not abnormal, and decide who's abnormal, and then go ask them if they have back pain, there's almost no relationship. Yeah, pain doesn't equal damage. Yeah, so so just just what you see on your 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 studies doesn't really correlate very well with pain. So pain is like something else. And exactly what it is uh, for most people, you know, you know, if you have metastatic cancer, I don't know, you know, there, there are a lot of reasons to have back pain, but those those kind of very discrete, well-defined problems, metastatic prostate cancer, breast cancer, you know, uh, those kinds of things are actually pretty small ball. 80% of people have no findings, as you know, and there's really no good reason for them to be having pain, except that very likely they're using their spines in ways that their spines were not designed for. So if you can give them a way to um, have their spine active and their posture good all day long, very likely it will help a lot of people. Will it cure every single person? No therapy has ever done that. Mm -hmm. Well, smallpox vaccine, we eradicated smallpox. There have been some spectacularly successful therapies in the history of medicine. But something like back pain is, you know, that's, that's it's, you know, it's, but, but I do, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I think that, you know, sitting actively uh, is likely to be a big help to most people. And, um, and the risk is quite small. It's not like signing up for back surgery, where if it goes badly, you're in for a lifetime of catastrophe. Um, you're right, yeah. It, it kind of makes sense as at least a, a measure to try, even if you're suffering, rather than um, rather than just go down that one-way one way street of, of surgery. Is, is there an argument, do you think, for people, as a preventative measure, um, it, it you know, clearly makes sense. Do you think there's an argument that for people that are, are suffering that maybe are deconditioned, don't have the core control uh, that they should have? Because let's face it, a lot of people are lazy, not proactive with their health and should be doing more, should move better. Uh, is, do you think there's an argument that, that there, this could be a lazy way for some people and actually where we should be encouraging movement as well? What's your feeling? What's your feeling on that? Do you still advise support recommend that, that people should focus on exercises as well to to support the the healthy movement and uh, functioning of the muscles and the spine yeah no i you know i think people should be doing tai chi and going for walks with their dog and you know all, all you know all that stuff i think is terrific um but in order to do tai chi or go for a walk with your dog or go for a run or whatever you have to make the decision to go for a walk with your dog and if it's raining or it's snowing or you're busy it just might not happen you know there's the human engineering factor but active sitting if you just take your chair and put it in the garage and put an active chair under your desk well you don't have to decide you just sit down and you're automatically moving you, you may notice that i'm like tipping all over the place because, of course, you know, I've been sitting on one or another prototypes of our chairs, you know, since, uh, I don't know, for the last five years. Um, and, you know, we, we have them at the dining table. We have them at our desks. Like, yeah, the, my poor family has, like, suffered through this. But, you know, um, it, it was interesting. You know, the, the, my, the first time I put my wife on one of our active chairs, you know, she, she was happy enough. And then the next day she said, boy, I'm kind of sore. Well, she does, she does okay. yoga and yeah. she's fit, but um, 
you know, the business of using her core actively um, for an hour was really sort of a surprise for her, just how deconditioned she had become. And so now we're careful to tell people, you know, if you get one of our chairs, try it for 15 or 20 minutes the first day and just see how you feel the next day. And people kind of build up to sitting on our chairs all day long. We have one guy who's 86 and it took him a couple of months to kind of work up to sitting on our chair all day long because it didn't have any arm rest or foot rest or back rest or head rest or any lumbar or any of that junk. You're just using your own internal ergonomic structure, you know, your perfectly designed spine to kind of support all of the rest of you. But, you know, after a, a few months, he was like sitting all day on a chair quite happily. And then he called me quite excited. He said, you know, I've got a six pack for the first time in my life. You know, and he's, he's in his 80s. You know, I, well, how great is that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's what's been the uptake then since you how long is it now since you 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 launched the the chair since they've been available? And uh, are you finding I know we, we discussed briefly in, in via email the the uptake from corporations and whether it's more individuals that are suffering what's been what's been the feedback from the market no, it's, it's interesting so um when we when we ship chairs to individuals which is mostly what we what we do the feedback has been you know if you don't like it send it back four percent come back so 96 percent of people love these things so that's that's individuals we've been to um uh office wellness conferences, you know, and talk to the really big players, you know, mm -hmm. Boeing and Cisco and, and those kinds of people. And, um, and interestingly, you know, the executives, the HR people who come to these kind of conferences say, oh, that's great. No, that's terrific. Send us a couple. So we would, you know, we sent off a bunch of chairs to these big companies and boom, you know, it runs into the, the wall of their on-staff ergonomicists who say, if it doesn't have a back, no one can sit on it all day. It's, it's too, it's too much. And I say, wait, 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 that, that can't be. They say, no one could do it. I do that. I'm a 70 year old coot. And I, I what, do you, what do you mean no one can? It falls on deaf ears because the ergonomists all read the same book and all sing the same song. They just, they, they just can't even think of it. So small companies like, you know, Burton snowboards and places like that, where they, you know, have a relationship with their people, you know, the uptake is quite good. But as soon as you have a company big enough to have an ergonomist, you know, they, it's, it's the, you know, you, you, you run into a stone wall. Interestingly, though, our, um, this, this whole viral pandemic thing, um, a lot of people are working from home. And um, so the company Google in the United States said, okay, a lot of people are working from home sitting on their sitting in bed with their laptop that's not so great hey what we're gonna yeah. give everybody yeah. you know two grand to upgrade their home office and then somehow our chair got to the top of the list of uh, preferred chairs um, for home offices and we sold hundreds of chairs to the 54 google sites across the united states cities that have google sites you know it's a little hard to be sure it was a google employee but you kind of got the message when suddenly there's a spike in sales from the city that happens to have a Google facility. So, um, so Google, you know, was you know, kind of soaked up hundreds of our chairs because they don't have a ergonomic gatekeeper. They let their workers at home make decisions about what they want to sit on. And as soon as the decision gets devolved to the sitter, uh, you know, we, we win in a walk, so to say. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. And, and so what's the future for, for you with the active chairs? What's the, what's the, what's the mission? What's well, so the, what's it's the goal? interesting. Um, a couple of three or four years ago, somehow we were in New York City talking to a guy who's really big in the world of office furniture. He's a company with thousands of employees, just like distributing chairs to big companies. And we got in, we got an hour of his time because his wife was in love with our chair. She's a dancer and a body worker kind of person. And she insisted that he meet with us and he was lukewarm, but nice. And so my kid, who's uh, my partner in this smart kid, um, turned to him and said, do we have a chance? And this guy said, you know, 10 years ago, I said, no, no way. This is just too weird. But now, you know, people are they're standing up and they're walking on treadmills and they're sitting on yoga balls. Who knows what people are going to do? So the answer is, I don't know. You might have a chance, which we thought was extremely encouraging coming from a guy who really was from a previous century. And then, I don't know if you follow American yeah. football. Um, I don't. But um, they had the Super Bowl, which is like the big game of the of the year. Yeah. And, uh, there was an ad on this on on the soup on soup on the Super Bowl uh, this time around for active chairs. Wow, one okay. minute of wow, okay. you know a company fully had taken out a full one minute ad about that showcased half a dozen of their different active chairs. I, I know their CEO. You know we're we're friendly competitors. We've been swapping email for five or six years. Um, our chairs are better, but. Um, you know, they, they were recently acquired by Knoll, one of the biggest chair companies in the world. And, you know, they were happy to spend $5 million to try and get the word out about active sitting with a very flashy, very cool yeah. ad. So I think that active sitting is poised to actually take over. I think that, yeah. I think it's going to, I think mm -hmm. that, you know, 10 or 15 years from now, people are going to sit down on a normal chair and think, boy, what's wrong with this? It doesn't move. That's that's yeah. that's my goal anyway. Yeah. The problem is that I'm 70 years old and I got to pick up the pace, or I'm not going to be here to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're getting a, a some decent traction over there, and it's uh, it's obviously been some years since you've you've had the the chair out there. And you say that now 5,000 uh, is the is the mark yeah, you've hit 5, in terms of sales, 200 and something as of yesterday. So we 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 you know we just consider and and we've we were firing all of them out of our basement. You know, we'd like assemble them in the basement and put them in a box and drive them to the post office. But now we have a company here in Vermont. Everything happens here in Vermont, a company in Northeast Vermont, um, Manufacturing Solutions Incorporated, where they assemble box and ship our chairs for us. So, and this company uh, also boxes, assembles boxes and ships every concept to rowing machine in the world. So they can, they can, and a rowing yeah. machine is a little more complicated than our chair, a lot more complicated. So um, they can fire out millions of chairs. So we're in a position that we, uh, you know, we could supply the demand if we can find a way to get the word out, which is why I'm here with you, because we don't actually have an advertising budget because, hey. you know, our deal is we want to make these things so inexpensive, anybody can have one. And if we start uh, pouring money into Super Bowl ads, um, the people, yeah, the, it, it adds up. up. So, you know, so far we've relied on earned media, uh, you know, chatting with people like you. And, and we've been like, we had an article drop in the Wall Street Journal. We had an article about us in the Boston Globe. 
um, we've had uh, pieces done about you know, local television and public television stuff like that. So, you know, we're we're gradually finding traction, um, but um, you know, we're not we're not there yet. We 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 don't. But but other people are helping us, like our like uh, like <laughs> our friends at Fully who had this Super Bowl ad, which kind of gets the word out, at least that there are different ways to sit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, of the five thousand. Chairs sold so far. How many of those uh, of a percentage are are over in the U.S.? You say that you're you're shipping outside the no, U.S. No, as we, well, or capable of? We've gone to um, Austria and Australia and New Zealand and Taiwan and England, of course. Uh, you know, France, Germany. I mean, we we we've, we've 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 sent these things to twenty five different countries anyway, which. It turns out to be pretty, you know, in the old days, this kind of stuff would be hard, but, you know, now there's software. So we, we use something called ShipStation, just like calculates the postage and, you know, and then uh, UPS or, or FedEx, you know, just makes it happen. So um, all those, all those uh, frictions that used to kind of slow down the way, the, the rate at which a new technology could be adopted have really been minimized. And, and we've taken ruthless advantage. Well, I, I didn't realize you could do this. I was like typing stuff into word and cutting out labels and driving it to the post office. my kid figured out that no 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 it's it's much better software <laughs> okay and so you know this for me was quite uh when when you reached out and got in touch i given my given my background given my interest given the expertise that that i would like to think i have hadn't really been introduced to to active chairs i hadn't really really seen them clearly seen a lot of information on ergonomic chairs and supports etc etc and like i say to so many patients you know you can have the best chair in the world you can have the best workstation in the world and the best uh, setup and input from occupational health but if you're most expensive well whatever that may be the 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 answer to them is or the, the the kind of message to these people is look if you're if you're sat in one posture all day in that static position, then your best posture is a variable one and you've got to get up and move. And if if you're if you believe that you can just sit there with this workstation, with this setup and um, and and expect not to get pain, then you're probably a little bit delusional because the reality is we're not designed for it. So to to be introduced to you and the the chairs i'm i'm certainly intrigued i haven't uh experienced one myself but um certainly something that i'm gonna keep an eye on and uh and, and look out for for sure and uh on that basis for the people listening where where is the best place that they can find out about uh, your particular chairs yeah, and, so uh, and where can they get website, a hold of them um, which is q as in queen q o r 360 like core 360 core 360 degrees qor360.com and that's that's our website where we you know have our chairs for sale but i write a blog and we have videos and we have reviews and all the kind of stuff you'd expect to find on a website but we also have another uh website which is buttonchairs.org b-u-t-t-o-n-c-h-a-i-r-s.org um where we uh, give away a design for a chair for kids that's cut with a CNC router out of plywood and you know you can just stamp out as many chairs as you want using our 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 CNC router file that we let people download. This has been downloaded about 2000 times so far around okay. the world and um, you know it's our effort to try and uh, to try and get kids 
uh, sitting actively as well. And it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun watching kids because they kids in, instinctively know they need to move. You know, when some grown up tells them to sit still, they know that's a bad idea. Right. I mean, you know, kids come into the world so graceful, able to squat. And then by the time they get yeah. even a few years into grade school, you know, they've lost the ability to squat. They've lost the, the, the brilliant postures that were available to them which have been systematically stolen from them by forcing them to sit still in crappy chairs all day long in school. And they know better. They want to squirm. And our chair, our chairs allow kids to squirm. It's kind of sanctioned squirming. And they also allow grown-ups to squirm, you know? Yeah. So there you go for those people listening. There's your, your license to squirm and move in your chair. Or, or certainly if you're telling your children off or they're getting told off by their teachers, then... They know better than you think. <laughs> so, Dr. Oz, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been really insightful, and we'll certainly share those links so that people can take a look and uh, find out more about the, the sure. work that you do and the chairs that are on offer and see if that can be a solution to, to their back problems. Really appreciate the input. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs>